Hello everyone and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. So we are setting things up a little bit different today. Um, if this ever goes on YouTube, you'll be able to see that we have gone from two different screens to one screen um, because as you guys know, we've been having some audio issues. Um, we pretty much fixed them last week. I think last mm -hmm. week's episode didn't sound too bad. Um, so yeah, we've switched to now where we only need one mic, we've decided. So yeah, also, I'm not sure if the mic will pick it up, but I have broccoli cheddar soup for lunch and my stomach is making some weird settling noises. So we'll just see if what happens. But if you hear something gurgling, that is my stomach. <laughs> Um, so today, as you guys can tell from the title, we're going to be doing our February wrap-up. Um, so just kind of give a little brief catch-up. Hallie and I <laughs> spent the last two nights watching Outer Banks. Heck yeah. Season three. And lots of, lots of thoughts. We've determined that I have issues. <laughs> Um, because I was extremely attracted to Rafe, and I've decided that those issues span even further, because I'm also deeply attracted to Darkling from Shadow and Bone. Wasn't there another one? Who else was it? We came up with another example. Crap! I don't remember who it was, but... Wow, Rafe looked so good. Um, we may post the videos. Hallie took some videos of me reacting I, to things. I have one posted to my TikTok account of you <laughs> in the floor just going nuts. It's the scene, if you've watched Outer Banks Season 3, it is the scene where Rafe is like telling Kiora about how he regrets everything he's done. And he was crying and I was in the floor. And then... I started to sing Forced Proximity, and that was when he crouched and went to put his hands on her knees. I died inside, and you hear me go, Forced Proximity, oh, because, mm -hmm. wow. See, wow. this is what normally happens when me and Carmen watch a show together. I'll be sitting there, she'll be just going ramble. And I'll just take my phone out and start recording. That way I have some great content to yeah. listen to. I was very attracted to Rafe yesterday. Well, I told Hallie, nobody can convince me otherwise. I am convinced that the scenes with Jay, I'm sorry, with Kiara and Rafe were written by a female. Nobody can convince me otherwise because some of the stuff that Rafe was doing, there's no way. That stuff was straight out of a fantasy novel. We had the one bed trope. <laughs> we had forced proximity. And we had all we have is each other to get out of this place. Like, come on. That was, he was written by a female in that moment. And I will say though, spoilers if you haven't seen it well, yet. Well, no, no spoilers because it just came out. John B., had some character development, especially in the boyfriend department. I was so proud of him because Hallie has another video of me ranting and raving about John B. Because I, I he is not a good boyfriend to Sarah majority of the time. and But he had some growth. He blossomed before our very eyes and I was very proud of him at the end. I have three, I have three videos. I have one that's a minute and the other two are like 20 to 30 seconds. One of them really cracks me up. <laughs> what are the others? One of them is when we rewinded back and he said something that made you like 
fake vomit. Homeboy really screwed me up in that moment. And I don't remember what the other one is. I think the other one is when a fight broke out. But anyways, moral of the story, season three was good. However, nothing will ever beat the first season. First season was a classic. I agree. We can't talk much more about it because I don't want to spoil it. And my dad's sitting right outside and he doesn't want it to be spoiled. So can't talk much more about it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what we did the last two days. I mean, other than that, I just went to work and home and I started doing dance workouts with the fitness marshal. And that is so much fun. Gosh, I'm having a blast. And then my work started doing their gym classes again. And so I attended the cycling class with a coworker, and we are going back for two rounds next week and doing a 3K. They're having a 3K during the middle of the day. Hmm. And it's the spot where we always walk to. So little did we know we were doing a 3K all this time. So we're going to do it. So much planned in fitness this week. Hallie, what did you do this week other than Outer Banks? Well, um, I actually didn't really do much, which is... Not being productive, That's but fine. I will say though, Saturday, yesterday, when we were going to watch Outer Banks, beforehand, my family and I went out to lunch. Nobody freak out. I went into Barnes and Noble, I had a gift card, and I came out with nothing. I'm very shocked and proud because that would never happen to me. I returned a bunch of stuff to Amazon because I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I'm going to Taylor Swift to the concert to Nashville. And I ordered, like, a crap ton of things to try on because I didn't know where, what I wanted to wear. So I ordered it all. And so I was returning a bunch of that stuff because I finally figured out my outfit. And I'm going as the lover era, in case anyone's interested. Now, there was something else that happened to you. I'm getting to it. <laughs> um, so I was returning a bunch of that stuff. So I had a huge credit in my account. So I got some books yesterday. So technically, technically, they were free. <laughs> So, um, yeah, there was something else that happened yesterday, and I totally spaced on it. Uh, Carly, which is Hallie's sister, and I got tickets to Beyonce. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I hope she sings Irreplaceable. I know it's the Renaissance tour, but, girly, you better be putting some Irreplaceable in there. I better hear Halo. I want the OG. I love the new stuff, but give me some OG. So I'm excited. Yeah, we were supposed to, at dance, we were supposed to dance for our Jaws number, a remix of Madonna's Vogue and Beyonce's Break My Soul, but sadly, I'm not going to be able to do it because my hips decided to say, forget you, and be crappy. So, very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. We had a blast doing it. Oh my gosh. Um, it's always fun to get together with Katie and Ethan. And we'll definitely do a part oh, yeah. two if you guys are interested. We'll definitely have them on for something else. But if you guys would like a part two to that specific topic, just let us know. But we'll figure out another way to have them on. Probably about Harry Potter. I could have Katie on to give her, her non-reader views of Harry Potter. We need... I wonder if we <clears throat> could figure out how to do like Harry Potter hot takes. We definitely could, but we have to wait until Katie's seen all of them. That's true. She hasn't seen part two of Deli Alice. I'd have to give myself a rewatch and finish the books because I've still not finished them. Well, I'm doing a reread this year. I'm on... Again, I do them every year. I'm on Order of the Phoenix. So. I reread them every year. I'm so... This year I'm doing something different because I'm listening to them. I've never listened to the audiobooks. You've but said that before. I'm excited to hear Jim Kay's version, but... 
I think it's Jim K. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of all we had for prep today. Um, but yeah, we're just going to get straight into our February wrap up. Um, Hallie, how many do you have? Well, I technically have two that are completely finished and I started the third one, but by the time this episode goes up, it will be done. So I have seven, you have three. It'll get better, I promise. So, the first two books, somehow these are separated by genre again, like last month. Didn't do that on purpose. Um, the first two books that I had uh, read in February were non-biographies, non non-fiction <laughs> biographies, excuse me. Um, one of them is not a non LOL. <laughs> one of them is not a biography. It's nonfiction. It's informational. Um, but the other one is an autobiography. So the first one I read was Go Gently by Bonnie Wright. Uh, Bonnie played Jenny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Um, but she put out a book um, all about, uh, well, the tagline says, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. So this book is fully about... DIYs and recipes and just ways that you can like cut back to help the planet, whether that's recycling or uh, double checking what you're buying at the store. She has all kinds of charts in here too, which is really cool. Um, showing you different things like mom and I have been using, um, apparently there are certain fruits that if you put them together in a fruit basket, a certain type of fruit will make another type of fruit ripen faster. And that's why certain fruits go bad faster if you stick them together. And I never knew that. So mom and I have been using that. Um, but yeah, she has everything, like anything you could possibly think of to try to, if you want to try to change your life to help the planet a little bit more, she literally has everything in here you could need. Um, I've marked some pages. There's some stuff I'm really excited to try. Uh, some different food recipes, and then she has even made, for all of my fellow skincare girlies, she has even made homemade DIY skincare things. So she has homemade toothpaste, she has homemade balm, which is used for your body, your lips, your hands, and, you know, anywhere else, um, and homemade bath salts, uh, she even has an exfoliator, um, different cloths, all kinds of different stuff. Um, and then she even goes into homeware stuff. So homemade dish soap and different stuff like that. But if you guys are interested at all in the topic of things you can do to help the planet, recycling, any of that, I definitely recommend picking up her book and also checking out her YouTube channel because she does have a YouTube channel where she goes deeper into the stuff she discussed in her book. And it's really cool, and I think she's awesome. I would love to meet her one day. I would love to hang out with her one day. What she does in her vlog is she goes to the beach. She has a little picnic with all of her her reusable containers. She goes shopping with her reusable grocery bags, and she just seems like a really cool person. But, um, yes, Bonnie Wright. We love her. The second book that I read in February was The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting by Ivana Lynch. She played Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter films. Um, and this is, the tagline is, The Tragedy and the Glory of Growing Up, a Memoir. And I listened to the audiobook. And I highly recommend, if you're going to read this book, listen to the audiobook. Because she is narrating it. And... That is the same with a lot of autobiographies. It's usually the author 
narrating it. But this book was kind of told like a story because she starts from the very beginning of her childhood and like tells the story moving forward. There's no jumping around. It's all chronological. And listening to her, it felt more like a story rather than reading a book. Um, And she like held nothing back. So um, just to kind of give you the guys like the description off the back of the book, um, Ivana Lynch's casting as Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter films is a tale that grew to almost mythic proportions. A legend of how she faced disordered eating as a young girl found solace in a beloved book series and later landed the part of her favorite character. But that is not the whole story. So that's kind of just like a brief little synopsis from the back. Um, I won't read you the whole thing. But she goes into her eating disorder and just like what what led to the eating disorder, the inside look at the eating disorder, like what ran through her mind and how certain ways that people thought they were helping was actually not helping her. Like I, I think about it all the time. Like the one thing that she said was to anybody with eating disorder, the worst thing you can do is talk about food or their health or their eating disorder. The best thing you can do is talk about literally anything else. Um, There was one story she told where they were watching Lord of the Rings in her family home living room and Gollum came on, Gollum slash Smeagol came on the screen and her sister said, that's what you look like because she was anorexic. And she said, she took that straight to heart, but not as something negative. She took it as a compliment that she could look that skinny. Wow. So I just, I think that's so, I thought it was so interesting to kind of see inside the mind of somebody that was going through something like that. It kind of opened my eyes to some things too. Cause honestly, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Cause I would, if I met somebody that was, had an eating disorder, that would probably be my go-to too, is just to tell them like, you need to eat, like you're unhealthy. Like if you just really needed a breakthrough, but you know, I never thought about it in that perspective. So it definitely changed my mind on things. And that's what a lot of people, she's right in that sense, because, you know, as a dancer, there's lots of girls that I knew who had a eating disorder because there's such a stereotype with dancing. You have to be skinny and which is totally not true because if you go down that route, people will look at you and look, think that, you're going to look like you're going to take your last breath on stage. And people will constantly talk about like, you need to eat or, or wow, you look so skinny, which is not something that you want to say because you feel like, oh, if I feel skinny, then I need, then what I'm doing is right. And that's not the case. But yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was kind of, I got emotional at certain points um, because there was a lot of moments where she had some pretty serious breakthroughs and breakdowns and, it, it got a little deep and she held nothing back. And so I like, I have nothing but admiration for her in writing this and then in recording the audiobook for it. Cause I know it wasn't easy, but she talks a lot about um, Harry Potter too, towards the end. She does talk throughout about how she was reading the books like crazy. And she got, she started becoming a correspondence with um, JK Rowling and that kind of saved her life. Um, and so she she credits a lot of stuff to that series and to J. 
JK as an author. So Luna saved her life. And then she got the role in the movies. And at that point, she was already like out of the hospital. She was out of the program that she was in. So she was already trying to like maintain her weight and everything. And um, so being in the movies helped her do that because they had their own weigh-ins and told her, they told her point blank, we will recast you if you don't take care of yourself. And she just couldn't see herself letting such an amazing thing go. And I will say the coolest part about the book too was um, listening to it and the several times she mentioned MuggleNet because she was a huge follower of MuggleNet um, at the time. And so that was really cool for me because I work with MuggleNet. And so it was kind of cool to hear us represented. Um, but yeah, definitely if you're interested at all, I would give it a listen or a read. I would recommend the listen. Um, yeah, five out of five for sure. Also, I will say, uh, go gently. I gave a five out of five. I guess I should have mentioned that. But um, yeah, a f- five out of five for Ivana's. I would give it more if the scale was bigger. It was beautiful. All right. So the first book that I read in February, well, it really wasn't. I started it in February. I finished it in February. And that was Small Favors by Erin A. Craig. Um, this is, which I didn't know at first until I read the end of the book, that it is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. Yeah, I had no idea until you told me. And then when I started going back and looking at certain things, I was like, okay, I can see where this is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. But basically, that was my head. Um, (laughs) the story goes is that we follow a girl named Ellery Downing, and she lives in this isolated village named Amity Falls. And she basically is just doing her chores, just doing her life. But then it starts, but then strange things start happening in the village. And we get told that early on when settlers came there, they had to fight off these monstrous creatures, but everybody believes it to be a story. It's not real until a supply train with supplies obviously (laughs) (laughs) what was on that supply train Allie (laughs) um goes missing and um all the people that were a part of it were murdered and basically Ellery is trying to figure out what is causing this and basically is trying to save her family before it is too late um I gave this a 4.5 out of 5 um I loved it. It was really good. Um, for me, did I enjoy it better than House of Salt and Sorrows? No. But um, did I enjoy reading it on its own? Yes. I um, agree. I would agree with that. I liked House of Salt and Sorrows better, but I liked it as a book Yeah, so, separately. Because it's, um, in case it's confusing anyone, it has nothing to do with House of Salt and Sorrows. It's no. just the same author. Same author. Um... I liked the world building and the lore, especially behind one of the villains, which is on the supernatural side of things. They're really cool. Now that you've read it, would you compare it with The Devouring Grey? Because I definitely would. Oh, yeah, 100%, especially with the creatures. So I'm not going to say what they are, but basically they love to cause chaos and they feed on it. And so as soon as I read that, I, I automatically thought of the Nagitsune from Void. Teen Wolf. Void. And I was like, I was, Styles, everyone. I literally, when I read it, I was like, 
Boyd, are you in this book? Were you waiting on the line? You think you can kill me? Me? I'm a thousand years old. You can't kill me. Honestly, I was. I um, her. But yeah, the villains were really cool. And technically, there's more than one villain. I'm not going to spoil who the other one is. But... Crazy times. The crazy times. Um, I think what's interesting about this book and comparing it with House of Salt and Sorrows, it may be just me, but with House of Salt and Sorrows, there was always something happening in like almost mm-hmm. every chapter. But in this one, it really took its time to build up. And like you said in a previous episode, it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then once that final act rolled around, I was like, well, yeah, the other shoe dropped. It's here. We're ready to go. There was a lot of building. You just kind of, I just kept, it was almost like you were in a haunted house and you were just like scared to go around the next corner. Like I kept, yes. I just kept waiting like, oh, something's going to happen. Yeah. There were some certain scenes that I read where at night, which was a big mistake on my part yes. and creeped me out, but it is very open-ended. And I can kind of see where she could do a sequel if she wanted it, but I kind of like it better uh, as yeah, a standalone like, like because it leaves interpretation of what happens next. Also, I loved Whitaker. <laughs> I know, but listen, my favorite character out of the whole dang book was MBs, man. She got them <laughs> things thriving. I told, I texted Hallie. She finished the book and texted me and told, she, told me she fit it. Finished? I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> um... She told me she finished the book, and the first thing I said was, tell me why I almost cried over some dang bees, like, five different times. I know. Thought they were gonna die. Oh. But, yeah. Normally, I hate bees. Yeah, for real. But, in Um, that moment, I was attached. It was very, I will say, though, like, the first, I would say, two quarters of book because the what's really cool about the book is that it's divided into seasons. Yeah. Which I think is really cool, and it's something I've never seen before. I don't think I've seen that. And what I also love is how it also helps to establish the world is there's a page that has all the rules of the village. There's a page that has all the important families and what they do. Which I think we definitely figured out. Sorry to interrupt you every time. Um, I think we definitely figured out two different types of readers because I I skipped right over that page. I don't look at the maps. I don't look at the rule breakdowns. I don't know. I never look at the maps. I do sometimes. If I'm like, if I'm confused by which direction they're going, I'll look at the map. But no. It not. rarely ever happens. There's not one. So it's two different types of readers in that situation. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was very good. Um, yeah, I did like how there was more than one villain. And it kind of really showed that everybody can be a villain in some way because there's lots of stuff that happens in this book where you really start to question people. Oh, yeah. I really... This book... Who done it? This book really emphasized my point of don't trust anybody because, my gosh. It was a real whodunit. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And, um, gosh, there was one part that I texted you about and I was like, well, some stuff has sure went down and I don't know how I feel. Rough, man. Rough. But yeah, um, definitely gives give Erin A. Craig a try. She really knows how to creep you out. Oh, I love it. This one is very different from House of Salt and Sorrows in a good way. Whereas House of Salt and Sorrows was scary. Like, it is straight up scary. And creeped me out. This one felt more eerie. I know that probably is, is the same thing, but like it felt... 
eerie, uneasy. You uneasy. Because you didn't know what was happening. Uneasy. Whereas the other one was just like... Straight up scary. Oh my gosh. I'm... Every, I don't know what to do with my life. Some, everything keeps happening. And this one was just like... Oh, I just know something really bad's coming. Yeah. So. And it came in the final act. Anyways. Yeah. Small favors. 4.5 out of 5. Great book. Okay. So, my next two books are fantasy, uh, young adult fantasy. Um, the first one I have is Blade Breaker by Victoria Aveyard, and I gave this a four out of five. Um, I love Victoria, but this series so far is just not giving me what Red Queen gave me. I'm not saying that it's not good, because I do like it. But it's just not giving me what Red Queen gave me. But um, I think there's just a lot of world building. There's a lot of characters. Um, But just kind of to give you guys a brief overview of what the book's about. So um, it picks up on Corrine and her band of misfits. And they're trying to find... uh, What is it called? They're trying to find the other spindles. I'm sorry. See, this is how big of an impression this left on me. They're trying to find the other spindles because I've closed one. So the spindles are kind of like these um, portals into other worlds. So these monsters are coming. A dragon came out of one. Oh, hey, no. A uh, literal, like, uh, what's it called? A kraken came out of one. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Almost destroyed the entire setup here. Um... But there's these different portals basically in hell, and she's trying to close them. And yeah, there was a lot that went on. There's a lot of characters. You've got some good friendship qualities. We've got some romance tropes going on in there. Definitely enemies to lovers going on with two of the characters. Not the two main characters like you would think. Um, But the two side characters got some enemies to lovers going on. But you get there. See, I like it when there's There's like six i don't know how many there's like tons of points of view oh it's not just one character um so that's you kind of get everybody's little perspectives it's corraine andre um what was her name Seresa, i think is her name gotta go look up these names no i think Seresa, and then um democradon oh my gosh this is who I forgot this book was signed. I was just like, open the page. Oh, there's her signature. Democradon is his name. He's an elder. He's immortal. Okay. I thought you said Democadonk. I was like, no. who names her character that? No. It also has the uh, point of view of, oh gosh, Queen Erida. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Queen Erida um, and her relationship with Terriston. And they're the bad guys. And I was like, I was more rooting for the little the little uh, villain romance story we had going because they're like slowly falling in love with each other and you're just like, wow. <laughs> See, there's my other example. Rafe, the Darkling, and I was more invested in the villain love story. This is another one that had a map that I... Oh, good lord. I didn't pay attention to. Yeah, it's a big map. Oh my god. What? Yeah, they went everywhere. Big Mac. Big Mac. Big map. Oh it was a lot. God. I didn't look at the map. You just kind of envision it and figure it out. 
Um, but yeah, I liked it. I gave it a four out of five. I mean, it wasn't bad. Uh, there's there's just lots of characters to follow. I think is where I kind of fall off a little bit. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. I rooted more for the villain romance storyline. Like I said, um, it did have some sluggish moments. There were some moments where it slowed down a little bit and kind of got a little boring. But mm-hmm. picked up in the end. I mean, it's still good. I'll I'll continue to read the series. Um, but I think Red Queen still trumps it mm-hmm. for her series. Um, I gave, so my book journal that I got, um, has where you can rate the book and then you can write individual ratings. So for the characters, I gave them a five out of five plot. I gave a 4.5 writing. I gave a five and spice. I gave a two and a half. This is two, but it meant to be half two and a half spice. Um, wasn't too bad on the spice. And then <laughs> the other fantasy book that I read this oh, much was A Forbidden Fate by Caven Hearning. <laughs> wow. Let me just say, I've never met her, but I have so much pride for Caven because I just, wow. <laughs> she really did that, guys. So, for those of you who don't know, Kevin, clearly you haven't been on Book Talk, and clearly you haven't read A Court of Thrones and Roses. Um, so, Kevin is most known for doing her A Court of Thrones and Roses um, sketches, and she usually does a lot of Cassian because she has like the most iconic Cassian. People have actually made jokes when they do their fan casting; they always put her as Cassian. Um, which we made that joke in our Sarah J. Moss episode. But um, I gave this book a five out of five. And really by five out of five, I mean a five million out of five. Because wow. Um, so A Forbidden Fate is all about this girl named Idalia. And this homeboy named Brazen. Homeboy. And they she is the princess of... Hold on. She gave a pronunciation. So that's another thing. Here's another plus on Kevin's part. She gave a pronunciation guide in the beginning of the book. Uh, the one that I'm going to talk about next gave a pronunciation guide, but it's at the end of the book. So Idalia lives in Verdana, and Brazen lives in Belisles. Belisles. And they are warring countries, kingdoms, whatever you want to call it. Um, They are straight-up enemies. Um, And these two, Adalia and Brazen, are forbidden to touch because they are cursed. If they touch, they will both die. And if that isn't a great setup for a little story, I don't know what is because you know I was written for them for page one. But also, I like the way that Caven built it up mm-hmm. because you don't know why they can't touch until about almost halfway into the book. And that, to me, was amazing because I just kept reading chapter after chapter like, please tell me why they can't touch. And when you find out, it's kind of really sad. It's really sad. Um, and also, Idalia's life kind of sucks. Um, she kind of has a Sarah Cameron life going on. <laughs> um, she really does. She's she's in the Sarah Cameron, um, my family sucks, depressive mode. Um, 
yeah I don't, um what else did i have to say uh it was amazing the tension was incredible and I was hooked on to every single freaking word. I got it in hardback. And so I guess the way it's like printed, because she self-published, um, mm-hmm. it's printed a little spaced out. So it didn't take me long at all to read. Um, I think if it was in the paperback, it wouldn't be as spaced out. But let me tell you, the annotations I have in this are incredible. Like there's so many annotations in here. And there were some great romance moments, lovely romance moments. It's definitely enemies to lovers. Yes, I'm sorry, Ethan, if you're listening, it's enemies to lovers. <laughs> he said last week he hates that trope. Um, And then we got some good friendship moments. It was really kind of sweet, which really, I guess, Adalia and Brazen, like, it's not really enemies to lovers. It's friends to enemies to lovers. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's friends to lovers to enemies to lovers. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's on my list. Um, It's impeccable. And the next book is coming out soon. Like really soon. So I'm glad I waited this long to read it. Um, Also, once Hallie reads it, we're going to attempt to reach out to Kaven to see if she would like to come on. So if anybody in here knows Kaven, please let her know. Um, Also, if you guys would like to tag her in everything we do, just to help manifest that a little bit, that'd be great. Um... It was beautiful, and she just, I was so, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. I had very high hopes for it, but I kind of had an inkling in me. I was like, I have such high hopes for this. It's probably going to suck. I was really afraid it wasn't going to be good, and it exceeded expectations. So definitely a five out of five. So to give you guys a little bit more about what the book is about, um, so Adalia and Brazen, like I said, they're enemy kingdoms. And uh, Brazen is tasked with kidnapping Idalia when she is on her way to Aradian to uh, see Theodore, um, which is Teddy, and Lachlan. And she's supposed to, she's set to marry Lachlan. And she gets kidnapped by Brazen and his gang of misfits. They are called the Cloaked. They're like little bandits and um, they kidnap her and basically it just takes on a life of its own from there because the whole thing was they were supposed to kidnap her and bring her back to Belial's, however you say it, Belial's and um, things go wrong. Um, They find out that there is like some magical people after Idalia and just some different things like Obviously, things go wrong, and so we end up in some situations with a <laughs> forced proximity. And, um, you know, all those good tropes. Um, yeah, lots of magic being used. There was a large wolf at one point, and all I could see was Jacob Black from Twilight. I apologize. <laughs> Trigger warnings for death and murder, gore, kidnapping, thoughts of self-harm, religious disputes, Mentions of intended assault, adult language and themes, sexual conduct, and alcohol and drug consumption. And also her her dedication is my favorite part. To every person who screams when Mr. Darcy helps Lizzie onto the carriage and does his infamous hand flicks, this one's for you. Cheers. And she has said that the entire book is inspired by that one scene because she was watching it one day and the whole plot came to her mind. And honestly, 
I appreciate that because I'm a big fan of that scene. So thank you, Kaden. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much like the general premise of the book. I'm trying to think of what else I could say, but it's hard to say anything else without giving it away. Um, yeah, lots of magic going on. Definitely fantasy for sure. Hallie, what is your next book? So the next book that I read was An Air Comes to Rise by Chloe C. Pinaranda. Let me just say. Tell us all your thoughts. Holy crap. Um, I have been looking for a new fantasy series to love as much as I did with Throne of Glass. And I think I may have just found it. So, um, I read it in three days, which I know that probably doesn't sound amazing. But for me, to read a book in three days is pretty incredible. Um, so I'm just gonna read the back of the book. So, in the impoverished outer town of a kingdom where Fae outrank humans, Faith, an orphan with a talent for swordplay, knows the importance of keeping her head down around the Fae patrol. She and her best friend, Jacon or Jacon, I, I don't remember, long for a better life, and her desire to swing her sword in combat may bring the purpose and coin she's yearned for. When she draws the attention of royal guard Nick, love of my life, she soon learns that her mortal nature isn't the only reason to remain out of sight. Nick is a nightwalker, a silent assassin of the mind with the power to enter others' dreams, and whether she trusts him or not, he's about to awaken abilities and faith that shouldn't exist in a human. Nightmarish abilities, deadly abilities. Abilities that will teach Faith blood really does run thicker than water, and if she doesn't trust in higher power soon, blood will run indeed. For this is no battle Faith can fight with steel. Within the city walls, suspicions are arising, and here in the outer town she has deeper bonds to protect. It seems everyone will die with a dark secret to tell, but what if one unlikely human girl was born harboring the darkest secret of all? Oh man. <laughs> It was very, it was very, very good. Um, I had great characters, lots of great moments with friendship. She did give us a pronunciation guide, which is why I'm fixing to go find it. Um, it's Jack on, like Jack and then on. Okay, that makes more sense than Jake on. <laughs> Actually, I like Jake on better yeah. than Jack on. Jack on. Yeah. Anyways. Jake on. <laughs> um. I just, man. <laughs> um, Nick is now my new favorite character. I've loved him since the very first moment we met him in this book. And it was very good all the way through. I couldn't put it down. But once it got to like the final quarter of the book, oh man, it just went from like zero to a hundred. Yes. There was, there were plot twists. In the book. Big ones. Big ones. One of them especially revolving Nick. I won't say what it is. But I always kind of knew that he was of importance. But I never knew how important until I read it and was like, oh no. Um, but yeah. Um, the story was very interesting. The writing was really good. Um, I really liked the lore. I thought the lore behind everything was really interesting to do with. The Fae. It was, yeah, it was different gods. than normal Fae. Yeah, it was very different. Lore. Yeah, I loved the thing, I loved 
everything with the ability of night walking. I thought that was really cool how that was done. It was almost like recent esque. Yeah, kind of. A little bit. Or he bit. could yeah, kind of, but also not really. Um, which I think is a lot of the reason why some people compare this series as a ripoff of Front of Glass, which I wholeheartedly disagree. I would disagree. Which, that is a topic we will probably talk about in next episode, because I have a whole rant about that. <laughs> but, oh, yes. Um, but yeah. About what we're doing next. Um, I will definitely be ordering the rest of the series. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, very good first book. Ending was crazy. Go read it. It was amazing. Five out of five. Okay, the last three books that I read in February was The Infernal Devices by Cassandra Clare. Um, I listened to them since it was a reread. Um, so that is Clockwork Angel, Clockwork Prince, and Clockwork Princess. So I'm just going to give you the synopsis from the first book, and then we'll discuss the series as a whole. Magic is dangerous, but love is more dangerous still. When Tessa Gray crosses the ocean to find her brother, her destination is England. <laughs> LOL. Same. Um, the time is the reign of Queen Victoria, and something terrifying is waiting for her in London's downworld, where vampires, warlocks, and other supernatural folk stalk the gaslit streets. Only the Shadow Hunters, warriors dedicated to ridding the world of demons, keep order amidst the chaos. Chaos. Kidnapped by the mysterious Dark Sisters, who are members of a secret organization called the Pandemonium Club. Wink, wink. Tessa soon learns that she herself is a downworlder with a rare ability, the power to transform at will into another person. What's more, the Magister, the shadowy figure who runs the club, will stop at nothing to claim Tessa's power for his own. Friend... Friendless and hunted, Tessa takes refuge with the Shadow Hunters of the London Institute, who swear to find her brother if she will use her power to help them. She soon finds herself fascinated by and torn between two best friends, James, wink wink, whose fragile beauty hides a deadly secret, and blue-eyed Will whose caustic wit and volatile moods keep everyone in his life at arm's length, everyone that is but Tessa, as their search draws them deep into the heart of an arcane plot that threatens to destroy the shadow hunters tessa realizes that she may need to choose between saving her brother and helping her new friends save the world, and that love may be the most dangerous magic of all dun dun dun. Um, so yeah, listen, I'll still say it. I have reread it. Still my least favorite series. Really? Yes. Because not, not series as a whole, sorry. Cassandra Clare series. Okay. Cause here here's my rankings. So I've only read I've read the I read it in order. So but this was before the last hours came out, which is I read the Infernal Devices, then I read the Mortal Instruments, and then I started reading the Dark Artifices. Infernal Devices was my favorite. Then it was Mortal Instruments. Yeah. For why? I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. It's no Jason Cleary. I will agree it is no Jason Cleary. no Cl Julian and Emma. It is no Jason Cleary. Well, I didn't get to Julian and Emma. Um, 
Dark Artifices rolled around, I kind of thought of love with Cassandra Clare's books. Yeah, she kind of... She's lost me with The Last Hours, I will say. Well, I might actually put The Last Hours as last as of right now. I haven't finished The Last Hours. All I've read is the first one. I'm planning to read those soon. Um, I've only read the first one, though. But the third one just came out, and it hit Libby, so that's exciting. But, um... Mm-hmm. I like the series. It's just, it's my least favorite out of the Cassandra Clares. I feel like the other stories are so much better. That is true. Um, I feel like they keep me hooked more than this one did. There's a lot of back and forth with this one. Um, Because she goes back and forth between Jim and Will a lot. And you're just like, I mean, honestly, same. But also, I really could never get past Will. Like, wow. Man. I love me them Herondales. Um, I, yeah. Of course, that was back when I was still in it. Now, I may give it a reread. My mind may change. But back when I was reading them, Infernal Devices was my favorite. Only re- Because I really liked Clockwork Angel. Clockwork Prince didn't sell it for me. Well, on Clockwork Angel, I gave Clockwork Angel a 4 out of 5. And then I gave Clockwork Prince and Clockwork... I gave them all a four out of five. Sorry. Okay. I gave them all a four out of five. Um, there's a lot of moments that they kind of lost my interest. Um, on Clockwork Angel, I gave characters a five, plot a four, and writing a five, and Spice was a two. Then I gave Clockwork Prince, characters a five, plot a four, writing a five, Spice a one. I don't think a lot happened in Clockwork Prince. Clockwork Princess. I gave characters a five, plot a four, writing a five, and spice a two. Which I guess I didn't mention on Forbidden Fate. Got to mention that. For but Forbidden Fate, I gave characters a five, plot a five, writing a five, and spice a three point five. Um, but yeah, with I don't know with the Infernal Devices, I like it. I just think it could have been better. There's a lot of moments where it drug, and there was a lot of moments like where she's gone back and forth between the two boys that you're just kind of like, make a friggin' decision already. And the decision's really kind of made for her in the end. Yeah. To be fair. Very much so. And then, but I will say it's the one series that I've ever read, like not just Cassandra Clare, with a love triangle that had the perfect ending to the love oh, triangle. Oh, yeah. 100% the perfect ending to the love triangle. Um, no other book has ever had that for me. Well, not like that. So, I will give it that. But, I don't know. Out of all the characters that Cassandra Clare has created, too, I will say I think they're my least favorite characters. Because, literally, give me the give me the core characters from the Mortal Instruments any day. Mm-hmm. I love them. Give me Magnus and Alec. Now, I will say, that's the my favorite character out of the Infernal Devices was Magnus. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I love him. He's everywhere. Um, And he just kept saying how he was a sucker for blue eyes. And I was like, oh, just you wait. <laughs> oh. Pretty boy Alec. They love him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Oh. Thoughts on the series as a whole, though. I really liked it. I think Tessa, I don't think there's any care. Like I said, I gave characters a five out of five on all of them. There's no characters that I dislike other than like the obvious villains, but um, 
yeah. I'm interested to see how it continues into the last hours. Because I'm interested to see Will and Tessa as parents. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I've seen it a little bit. Mostly I'm interested to see Will as a father. <laughs> Tessa has a mother spirit anyways, but Will as a father. A, Will is like a... And from what I've read, James is a lot like Will. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've not read Chain of I've not read Chain of Gold. I've not read any of it. I've only read the first book. And it was good. It just it's taking the turn that I didn't want it to take. Cause I really wanted these two characters to be together and they're not together at all. <sighs> Cause they have Matthew mm-hmm. is introduced. And I thought him and Will and Tessa's daughter, I can't remember her name. I thought they were gonna be a thing. But it ends up being a love triangle with Matthew and James and the girl that shows up. So I just didn't want another love triangle. But here we are. Anyway, sticking with the infernal devices, I liked it. Four out of five overall. Solid. I was glad to reread it. There was a lot of stuff I forgot about. I forgot spoiler, I forgot that her and Jim were engaged. Oh yeah, they were. I forgot they were engaged. Now, when was that? Was that in Clockwork Prince? It was at the end of Clockwork Prince. And so then yes. they were engaged throughout Princess. That made me so mad because I was always rooting for Will. I was always a Will person. I was like, he did talk about the ducks. Oh, um, I will say, so one mega positive of this trilogy is it has my favorite ever book quote from any book series. That's not just Cassandra Clare, any book series. If somebody asks me to name a book quote, that is my favorite book quote, this is the one that always comes to the top of my head. And it's a Will quote. Oh, and he says, life is a book and there are a thousand pages I have not yet read. I love that quote oh, so yeah. much. And I have quoted it thousands it my, of times. I have it on my laptop. I've quoted that quote so many times. It's anytime I like... If I'm making, if I'm doodling and I'm writing a bunch of book quotes on a page, that one's always on there. Um, in fact, in my gist journal, where I have some stuff where we've planned out some stuff for family fiction, I have a whole page that's filled with book quotes, and that one's the first one on there. I love that quote, so I will give that. That's a major positive for that trilogy, for sure. But it's it's said at the end of the last book. <laughs> he says it when he's proposing. <laughs> Um, sorry if anybody hasn't read that series and I've totally just gave you a ton of spoilers. Um, but that series has been out for a hot minute. So honestly, if you were going to read it, you would have read it already. Yeah. Just saying. Um, Hallie, what's your last book? So the last book is one that I'm currently reading right now, but it'll get finished way before then. And that is... Gallant by V.E. Schwab. I'm finally digging into my V.E. Schwab books. And I will say, though, I've only read one chapter and I'm already creeped out. Um, so I'm just going to read you the summary. But first, just take, an, just take a minute to look at that artwork. That's beautiful. What is that supposed to be? It's supposed to be an iron door. It. I talk oh. about it in a second. Um, so it said. The shadows are not real. The dreams can never hurt you. You will be safe as long as you stay away from Gallant. 
All her life, Olivia Pryor has wondered who she truly is and where she belongs. Her only clue is a slim, battered journal. Her mother's journal, full of entries that seem to show that she was unraveling and drawings that look like blots of ink, until Olivia notices a hand, a door, a bloom, a skull. Then a letter beckons Olivia home, to Gallant, the one place her mother's journal warns her never to go. Olivia goes anyway. Of course she does. What she finds is her last living relative in her family's manor. A manor with a ballroom and a sitting room and a study and a sprawling, vibrant garden and the crumbling ruin of a garden wall with an iron door, a door she must never open. But no one at Gallant sent Olivia that letter, and no one will tell her what haunts her cousin's dreams, what happened to her mother, or what lies on the other side of the wall. Did the shadows call Olivia home? What will they ask of her in return? Two things. One, the nobody sent her the, that letter. That is also a similar trope used in A Forbidden Fate. <laughs> Second thing, I just started laughing to myself because last night <laughs> Pope opened a book and there was a letter in there and I went, we just got a letter. And then Hallie I can't continues it we just got a letter we just got a letter we just got a letter i wonder who it's from and he opens the letter and says the name he literally said the name right at that moment we're like we timed that perfectly um continue sorry side note um but yeah um first of all the cover is really pretty and when i first read the summary i immediately got Stranger Things vibes, because I feel like Gallant is, like, upside-down type crap. Is it fantasy? Because I feel like if it's an iron door, there's probably Fae there. I don't know. Because aren't they, like, harmed by iron? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I've only read one chapter, Carmen. And, um... I don't know. But I started it today, and there's, like, a little... I guess you would consider it a prologue before the first chapter. And I was immediately creeped out because I was like, what is going on? And, but yeah, I love the back of the book, how it says everything casts a shadow, even the world we live in. So I kind of wonder if it's, so I kind of wonder if it's a, I kind of wonder if it's like a parallel universe, like upside down. That sounds really good. I would actually read that. But yeah, um, I like how it's shaped because it's very much, it's not like, this it's very much like a square almost and like the formatting is really cool oh yeah i would like that but yeah i'll let you know and how it is but right now i'm giving it a four out of five but yeah it's really it's really interesting we'll not be reading this at night (laughs) too too scary um to hallie's point she mentioned her currently reading i'm currently reading persuasion by jane austen which was on my options it's on my optional books for February, so nobody can yell at me for not finishing my February TBR, because I definitely did. This was on the optional list. Um, so I'm reading Persuasion. And then, then I've got to read Daisy Jones and the Six, because I have, like, five days before that show comes out, and I've got to read it. Also, I will say, I'm also currently listening to Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Vance. Hmm. Um, nobody in my family wrote that.
yeah, it's for book club. I have no idea what it's about. I haven't even started it. And book club is in two days. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But yeah, that was all my February TBR. Did you finish your February TBR? No. <laughs> I, I never s- finished the February. I uh well it's getting finished in March. <laughs> you're finishing you're still trying to finish your January TBR. That is true. <laughs> Whoops. Um Okay, so we don't have any games planned for today, guys, because we don't do games on our wrap-ups because we know they take forever. So, um, any parting words on your February TBR? Go read An Air Comes to Rise. <laughs> so good. Go read A Forbidden Fate by Caven Yearning. Both self-published. And, and the opposite of Butterfly Hunting by Bonalich, because that was very good. I really don't know what I'm going to put as my favorite of this month. Because last month was Beyond the One by Tom Felton, hands down. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite is going to be. Definitely. I really one. can't tell you. It's going to be tough to choose between Opposite of Butterfly Hunting and A Forbidden Fate. It'll probably go to A Forbidden Fate just because it's fantasy and it's Caven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> opposite of Butterfly Hunting has been out for... Almost two years, I think. It's yeah. been out for a minute. But it's still very good. So nice. Yep. Favorite character from this month? I would definitely say Nick from An Air Comes to Rise. He's just, man, he's so charming and funny and he's like witty. He's your typical fae. <laughs> Snarky. I don't know who my favorite would be. Yvonne Lynch. <laughs> yeah, Yvonne Lynch as a as a real person. Um Did you say Torrent from Forbidden Fate? I did like Torrent because he is Caven's version of Cassian. Which I thought was really fun. Yeah. Um I think Yvonne Lynch. She's not a character, obviously. She's a real person, but I think as far as like person the story is about if that makes sense definitely Mm Ivana I loved loved it um so yeah I think that covers it um but we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode um if you haven't already listened to last week's episode with Katie and Ethan that was lots of fun um and next week we are going to be talking about bookstagram and book talk and we are bringing on another fun guest um we'll be bringing on liz who i work with at MuggleNet, and we talk about books and h2o um clear and emma and ricky all the time and we've talked about house of anubis so i'm sure a lot of that will be brought up next week so good luck hallie <laughs> um sorry we're gonna fan girl real hard um we might talk about harry potter a little bit i'm not really sure but uh, definitely, we're going to be talking about Bookstagram and Book Talk and just all the things that come with those two platforms. And yeah, just our our grievances and the positives and negatives we see and all that jazz. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I can't speak today. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, be sure to follow us on all our socials. I'll be linking our personal socials below. Um, our podcast social is at Family Fiction Podcast on both TikTok and Instagram. Um, so be sure to follow us on there. 
And I think that's it. Yep. All right. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.